Welcome to Real Life Moms. I'm your host, Lisa Foster. And Real Life Moms is a podcast that's all about moms having real conversations, sharing resources, and telling their inspiring stories. Our mission is to connect moms by talking about these topics that parents deal with every day and to continue these conversations in our Real Life Moms Facebook group, where we would love for you to become part of our community. This week, I'm joined by Lisa Sugarman. Lisa is a mom, a parent author, and a national syndicated humor columnist, and a podcast host creating content that helps empower parents, especially moms, by giving them permission to embrace their perfectly imperfectness. Lisa's the author of How to Raise Perfectly Imperfect Kids and Be Okay With It, Untying Parenting Anxiety, and Life, It Is What It Is. And today we are discussing gender and sexual identity as Lisa shares with us her own personal story. Hi, Lisa. Welcome to Real Life Moms. I'm so excited to talk to you today about gender and sexual identity. And I know that you have such personal insight into this for yourself, but also for your daughter. And I thought maybe we can just start with just sharing some of your background and your story with us. Thank you for having me. And I love that we have the same exact name. So we've got two daughters. My husband and I have been married for almost 30 years. We have two daughters. Our youngest just turned 22 and our oldest is about to turn 25. And when our oldest was going into her junior year at Boston University, which has been out of college for a few years, when she was going into her junior year, she came out to us as bisexual. And, it, you know, I, I know that there are so many parents that I've talked to you know, in the years since then, just sharing kind of our own stories. So many of them were like, yeah, we we had a feeling, we knew, mm-hmm. we were sure, like we had absolutely no idea. Like it oh, wow. just l- never, ever saw it coming to the point where when she actually came out to us one night, it was just, she was like lingering in our bedroom for a really long time over our dog. And we were both like, can you just can you go to bed? <laughs> we would just, we would just really like to go to sleep right now. And she was just kind of hanging out. And then all of a sudden she, she said it. And like, neither one of us was really paying attention. And we were like, what? And, and she said it again. And, you know, once, once it clicked because it was completely out of context and we weren't expecting it. Um, I, of course, in that split second, immediately started crying the, mm. like the deepest, purest tears of joy. I think I've ever had as a mom because in that moment, I was like, I, I probably won't ever have a, a more beautiful moment than a moment mm-hmm. where your child trusts you that completely with exactly who they are, even when it's, it's not the norm. Mm-hmm. And, and she had no hesitation to tell us whatsoever. And we, of course, were like, this is, you know, this is beautiful. We're so thrilled that we shared it with us and we're grateful and all the things. And so, so she came out to us, um, mm-hmm. you know, a handful of years ago, and it's just been an incredible journey since then. We've all, I mean, we've all been, you know, allies, all of us, all four of us have been allies of the LGBTQ community for forever. And we've, you know, that's how we were raised our kids were raised and, uh, you know, we have so many friends who are part of that community. So we've always been in that ally place. Mm-hmm. But now all of a sudden it was like a different kind of allyship because mm-hmm. now we, we had a child who was in that yeah. community. So we were all just kind of, you know, soaking it up and and she was absorbing it all and learning and, and, you know, we were just trying to keep up with it. And 
in the this is where this is where my story takes a teeny bit of a twist. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so so if you're not sitting down, sit down. It's time. Yeah. If you're listening, yeah. Um. So about a year ago, just a, about exactly a year ago, because it was toward the end of Pride last year, um, I actually came out as pansexual, mm. and um. And it was because it was like we had like a complete role reversal. It was actually because of my daughter that I that I came out. Um, And it's it's kind of a long story. But the very short version is that I I had always known that I wasn't straight, Mm -hmm. but I've been married to the same guy for almost 30 years. We've been together since we were 17. He is I whenever I talk about Dave, he he is my person, always has been, always will be. Um, in all the ways, you know, I, I mean, in all the ways, you know, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm attracted to men. I knew, of course, I, I also, you know, have had other experiences when I was mu- you know, much younger, like pre-marriage in college. And I, so I knew that I, I, I had the capacity to, you know, to be attracted to more than just men. And mm-hmm. yet I also knew that it kind of extended beyond that, but mm-hmm. you're, t- we're talking like, we're talking like 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. More like it, more than 30 years ago. And like there were three words, you know, it was like gay, straight, bi. And mm-hmm. and there was nothing really in between that was mainstream enough that it found its way to me. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of had like I knew I was in the right place with the right person and and that's where I belonged. But I also understood that I did have a different capacity. I just didn't have a name for it. And so mm-hmm. flash forward you know, almost 30 years. And I'm having all these incredible conversations with my, my daughter, Riley, uh, you know, about her own sexuality and she's educating me. And the word pansexual came up and she was trying to, because she's bisexual and she was just kind of explaining the nuances in between Mm -hmm. the different, um, you know, the different terms. And I really didn't know very much about pansexuality. And so she explained it to me and my mouth must have just my jaw must have just like hit the table because I just looked at her and I said, I think I think I'm pansexual. And she was just like delighted. She was like, oh, my God, no. I'm like, that's so that's amazing. Like, let's talk about this. And then, you know, of course, like my I've talked to my husband and my other daughter and my family. And I decided last year that I I needed I needed to do the thing that I had always told my kids to do, mm-hmm. which was to to be authentically who you are whatever that is to be yourself. And, and clearly it worked because my child felt like she could be herself and, and move about the world that way. And I was like, you're not being that way if you're not owning this. And like, what was the point? Because I'm married and I have a family and it wasn't about going and f- like starting another relationship with someone else. That, that's not what this was about. It was internal mm-hmm. and kind of taking this thing out from the inside and and not being afraid to show it to the world. But it was also about representing the community mm-hmm. that, that she was a part of, that I was now a part of. And so mm-hmm. all those things took me to a place where I was like, nope, I have to do the same thing. I want to do the same thing. And so I did. So now, you know, I'm just a super, super proud member of the LGBTQIA plus community. And, um, and I honestly have never felt more peaceful. I love this story <laughs> because... <laughs> I just, I just picture this story of you and your daughter just sitting there and what an amazing thing for her 
you know, because she's there teaching you something, right? Yeah. You're yeah. learning here. Like roles are so reversed, right? Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. learning from your daughter. And I can, I, I, I feel that because my kids will sit with me and they'll talk about, you know, all the things that they're learning and the vocabulary behind all this that I feel like I'm so old in this because I don't, it takes me a while to grasp all the terminology mm-hmm. and I still can't say I know everything, what everything really is. I but don't. I just, yeah. <laughs> I can picture that conversation totally and feel it. And I mean, what it must have felt like for you and for her in that very moment where you discovered that identity that really fit you, you know, and yeah. described you and that she gave that to you. How cool mm-hmm. is that? It was the coolest. It absolutely was. And it's a moment that I've replayed over and over and over again in writing that I've done, in conversations that I've had like this one. And it just every single time, it just it's almost like I add another layer to the to the powerfulness of it because mm-hmm. it's just such an unusual situation. And yet I I wouldn't have had it any other way. I mean, it was just, you know, it was it was almost like the, you know, the the opposite of what would normally happen. You have a child that usually comes out to a parent. It's typically right. not the other way around. And, you know, I say this all the time, you know, my my children are grown women and I've learned so much from my own children. And, you know, this was just you know, just one more thing that, you know, that I learned, you know, because of my kids. So, mm-hmm. you know, and at the same time, it, it you know, it could have gone really badly, <laughs> you know, I, I think maybe. You mean some, for you, for you coming out or? Um, I just, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like there, not that I was ever thinking it, not that I ever felt it, but I guess when I look back on it now, I mean, there's always that possibility as much as you know, someone as well as you know, them, your, your, you know, your best friends or your family or immediate world, you think, you know, how they would react to something when it really happens. Sometimes it doesn't happen the way you think it's going to. And I I can't say now, I think I'm actually thinking about this for the very first time with you right here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, That like, wow, that could have gone south (laughs) and it would have been ugly. And, but it wasn't, they were all just, I I remember we were, we were in Florida on vacation with our parents and family Mm -hmm. and we were in the car and I was posting something about pride and just, you know, in the context of being an ally for my child. And I'm like sitting quietly in the car and I'm just going to put something on Facebook because it's pride month. And then I'm thinking about it and I'm like, this doesn't feel right. Why doesn't this feel right? And I just kept like reflecting on it and reflecting on it. And I was like, it doesn't feel right because I'm no longer in the position of being an ally. I'm now mm-hmm. part of this community and it's a marginalized community. And what what do we always say about marginalized communities? Like the way that we change that narrative is to come out and say, I'm a part of this community mm-hmm. and 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 that's how we normalize it. Yeah. And, you know, when all shapes and sizes and and colors and flavors and it, when when everybody comes out and and says that it it just it just erases the stigma. So I was like, I I have to do, you know, for me, like I have to do this. And I kind of turned to my husband. And I was like, hey, so <laughs> I, I want to do a thing. And he was like, oh, boy, oh, God, what, what are you going to do? And I, I said, I think I want to do this. He's like, babe, do you? That was exactly oh. what, like, that is literally exactly word for word what he said. He was like, mm-hmm. babe, do you? I love you. And Amazing. then I kind of turned to the girls in the back and I said the same thing. And they were like, love you, mom. Do it. Go for it. Oh. We're, we're totally, totally down. 
Amazing. So, yeah. That support. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. And, and what I'm hearing about your family. Okay. Cause you created this right with mm. your husband. Um, mm. You created this amazing environment and safe place for not only your daughter to come to you and talk to you, but also for you to come and talk to them. Like, how did you do that? How did you do that? <laughs> magic. Luck. Well, I don't know. Just, you just snap a wand. Yeah. I don't know. No. Yeah. No, I mean, first of all, that's very sweet. I appreciate you saying that a lot. Um, I I feel that way. Like I, you know, everybody has their own special, beautiful feelings about their own family, I hope. And I, you know, there isn't a, a second that goes by, even like the shittiest of moments when you're just like, you really just want to like rip someone's head off. Mm-hmm. I still, I still am so very acutely aware of how lucky I am. I don't know. I mean, I think you just kind of a product of your environment in a lot of ways. And we were very, look, you know, where you look, we get to pick our friends, not mm-hmm. our family. We, mm-hmm. my husband and I happen to just be super lucky, you know, with the families that we were born into. And um, I think so much of who we are as humans and who we have become as parents is just a trickle down. And so I think we got the most important pieces from them. And, mm-hmm. you know, you take those and you spin them your own way because everybody's different. And we, we did what every parent does, which is basically like fly by the seat of your pants. And do the best you can. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, you just go, it's common sense, it's instinct. And I think, you know, looking back now, now that I have, you know, grown kids and, you know, obviously like everybody does dumb stuff and you get pissed off and whatever. And, but I mean, overall we've been lucky that, you know, here they are 22 and almost 25 and, you know, because of COVID everybody's living at home still and, you know, and working, but it's like, we just, we just really love being together. Like everybody does their own thing and has their own lives and their friends and, you know, comes and goes, but we do most stuff together because we choose to. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I guess, you know, looking, looking at it now, clearly we did some stuff the right way because something right for them to feel comfortable for them to talk to you and for you to talk to them, which is so important. Knowing that you're a talker, you're open to talking about anything. I think that probably also trickled down. (laughs) It did, but I'll tell you, it's really funny that you say that because because my kids, my kids never read my books or listen to my podcast. <laughs> I love you guys, but you know, you don't do that. So <laughs> if they're ever someday listening to this, it's funny because what I actually prefer to do is listen. I'm, I would much rather either hold space or listen to someone, but I also, obviously I enjoy talking, but the funny thing that my whole family would completely rag on me for right now is that when there, when something is wrong, like if, if there's an issue and we've got to work through something. I'm like, I'm like down to figure it out. I will stay up for 13 days and like, let's, let's dive into it. Let's figure it out. Let's work through it. And, and both my girls, my oldest in particular was always just like, get away from me. Not now. Mm -hmm. No, I need, I need to process something or I need space or I need to. And it took me a really, really long time before I got to the point where I was like, oh, so what you're saying is you don't do things the way that I do. Like, I couldn't understand <laughs> how, like, what do you mean you don't want to just fix the problem now? Like, why can't mm-hmm. we just, and she was like, nope, get away from me. Yeah. And it was when I finally heard her, I listened and I yeah. heard her, you mean you want me to walk away now and we're not going to talk about this tonight or till tomorrow or whenever. And she was like, yep. And when I started doing that, there was such a dramatic change in our relationship. Mm. Like we've always had a great relationship, but it got, it, it, it leveled everything up to a different place. Mm -hmm. And 
um, because my my oldest and I, in the way that we like emote and express our polar opposites. So we would literally like clash. We would say hello to each other and clash. You know what I mean? When she was like in college and I understood what, what the work was that I needed to do. And I did it and she did her own work in terms of like what she knew I needed. And it, it changed everything for us. Your next book should be called The Magic of Listening. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. I there actually you go. like that. Yeah, just, just, you know, put me in there somewhere. In the yeah, I'll give you like a little, <laughs> I'll give you a copyright. But anyway, I mean, looking back at my kids, so I have a middle schooler and mm-hmm. I have a high school. Mm-hmm. So kind of really in that teen. And just looking at like middle school, I feel like middle school for us, I don't know if this was for you, is just a big time where they start to kind of question their identity a little bit. I know my Mm -hmm. kids, you know, they're both right now identifying as straight, um, Mm -hmm. but their good friends are not. They they have friends that are transgender, they have friends that are bisexual, and just kind of choosing what they feel comfortable with. So but when they start coming home, because they just have so much more exposure now. And for us, for some reason, it's middle school. Do you have any advice for parents to just how to talk about it with their child, you know, as they start bringing up these topics? Yeah, you know, there are a lot of factors in play, like it's, Mm -hmm. you know, are they talking about friend? Are they talking about themselves? Are they questioning? Are they, you know, how old are they? You know, I feel like I've been saying this an awful lot lately. Mm -hmm. And I've definitely been writing it an awful lot lately that I really feel like we need to meet our kids exactly where they are right now, wherever, wherever now is kind of on that, you know, that age spectrum. Mm-hmm. We have to meet them right there in that place. And I and I think that one of the best things that we can do for our kids, in general for our kids, and certainly with this kind of a, a topic, is really just ask very simple questions and ask them what they know. Ask mm-hmm. them, like, what does it mean? Like, what does bisexuality mean to you? What is, you know, what is being, you know, what does cisgender mean to you? Like, what what do you know? What what don't you know? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, ch- honestly, chances are probably good that your middle school kid knows an awful lot more than than you do. Oh well, yeah, they do. Yeah. <laughs> so right yeah. yeah, I I mean, I I think that's actually a good time to kind of hop on the internet and go to yeah. you know to some resources and and kind of share that information seeking with them mm-hmm. sit down and, and be like hey let's if you're curious about xyz well let's look up xyz together and let's you know i'm not sure i know everything that there is to know about it so let's figure that out together and that starts conversations but we're so our kids are so used to us being the ones doing all the talking and asking all the questions i think it's it's really nice we flip that narrative mm-hmm. and we and we let them do that and and kind of let us know what they know. We can either fill in the gaps if we do know, or if we don't, like I said, that's a great opportunity to be like, Hey, okay, cool. Let's find out together what that means. Yeah. And I love that you at, like said, ask them how they feel about it because mm. we definitely have conversations, but our conversations are definitely more about, because I think my husband and I, we are very open-minded. We're kind of like, yeah, whatever, whoever, you know, it doesn't matter to us, you know, it's all good is kind of our feeling um but we don't understand the terminology a lot of the times like we're just not up on it yeah and so there's a lot it's a lot and and it changes too so when I feel like I almost got it it like all of a sudden there's another thing added and I'm like oh Mm. wait I don't have it um but 
our conversations are a lot about that, like the pronouns or mm. the terminology and things like that. And what I love at the end of our conversations is that our, te- our kids are teaching us. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, we're like, I always think of those commercials where like, you, you know, the, the people are acting like they're old parents, you know, like, no, you don't need to bring your own popcorn to the movie, you know, like, or that is, like that. It's, <laughs> it's so funny that you say that because that's literally like, that's our favorite commercial. Those, oh yeah, <laughs> those little series of commercials are our absolute favorite commercials. Yes, I feel like that. I feel like okay, now let's talk about it. Yes, he's you know born a boy, but now identifies as a girl. You know, like it's mm-hmm. very like okay, I got it. Yeah, I got it. What's next? Okay, you know. Yeah. So we're really open to hearing it, but don't always. It takes us a long time to process it sometimes. But what I really love about our conversations is that it's second nature to them. Yeah. It's it's a no brainer. It's like, of Mm. course, you know, they go by she. Why wouldn't they? You know, like, it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's amazing. Like, I'm so, like, proud that it's not even a thing. It's not. It isn't. No, it isn't. Which is exactly why when I came out to my daughter, Mm -hmm. she was just like, it was just so, it, it it was just so natural and so comfortable. And she just kind of took it like it was always going to come out at that moment. You know what I mean? It was like, she was just so, it was so much a part of her world already that it was like, oh yeah, cool. Great. Like pass the salt, you know I mean? Exactly. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Now let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. What about um, to your mom or to your parents? It was really the same. Um, Oh, good. Meaning my coming out or my daughters or both? Um, Both, I guess. Yeah. Well, they, I I can say this, that both parents, they were amazing. Parents, siblings, like everyone, like I'm an only child, but my, my husband has, um, has a brother and a sister and I'm very, like, we're all like one big pool of siblings. You know, they're, they're like family. It's all seamless. Um, It's like, I literally have two sets of parents. I don't even use like the in-law prefix mm-hmm. with my in-laws. That's how much of a unit we all are. So they all reacted exactly the same way. It was all like individual. It wasn't like I sat everybody down and had like a, you know, group talk, but it was, it was like everybody individually, but it was so funny because they all said the same thing. They were like, okay, thanks. Like, love you for sharing. Like, mm-hmm. what does that mean? Because again, they're like another generation removed. And, you yeah. know, for, for them, it's, you know, even, you know, less a part of their, their life and vocabulary and world. So mm-hmm. it, you know, they needed, a you know, an explanation, which mm-hmm. is of course great. And both my mom and my mother-in-law said the exact same thing at different times. They were like, I love you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, you know, I love that you shared this mm-hmm. and so what? Yeah. My mother-in-law was like, yeah, so, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. so you know, what? yeah. And you know, it's, um, it was just beautiful. It just, um, you know, my sister-in-law, like everybody was just like, love you. Like mm-hmm. that's, like, that's great. I mean, I think, I think would be right in assuming that if I had come to them and said something different, like, Hey, I'm not going to stay married anymore to Dave. That would have probably had a different you yeah, know, response, yeah. but it's like that, that wasn't a part of it at all. Yeah. Um, in at all. So it, it was, um, it was more just like, Hey, everybody was like, do you, do you, that's the logo. Do yep. you? Yep. So what would you say to parents who are not supportive? I would say, wow, 
shame on you. Mm -hmm. I would say you brought a child into this world. And if you expected this child to be all the things that you wanted this child to be and did not allow them the space and the opportunity to figure out who they are. And by that, I mean, what sport do you want to play? What college do you want to play? What language do you want to speak? Do you even want to take an art class? What do you want to like? Whatever it is, whatever the thing is and sexuality and gender expression and all those things are all just like pieces of who we are. And if a parent is going to look at their child and say, not my child, I, I, no way. Nope. Well then mm-hmm. shame on, shame on you. And you shouldn't mm-hmm. be a parent as far as I'm concerned. And I don't care. Like I, I look, I know that there could very well be some mm-hmm. conservative and, you know, religious folks who are listening to me right now who were probably shutting off the podcast and mm-hmm. sorry, but I'm not sorry because that's just look at the end of the day, raise a human being who can be comfortable in their own skin, who can treat people with respect, who can embrace who they are, who the people in their life mm-hmm. express themselves. as. I mean, all, all these things like let, let your child be who your child is 1000%. Don't pick and choose what that means. Mm-hmm. Who they, You don't get to decide how they view themselves. You don't get to decide who they choose to love. We don't, I don't. I would never, who who would ever, in my opinion, have that right? No one has that right. So hmm. look, I, I, I said this to somebody recently who came to me and they were, they were really struggling. They're really mm-hmm. struggling because their child came out to them and mm-hmm. they felt like they did not handle the situation well. And I was like, okay, so cool that you're acknowledging that. And like that, that was actually great that they were like reflecting enough to be like, damn it. Like I Mm -hmm. did not handle that well. I was like, okay, can't go backwards, go forward, (laughs) go forward, apologize and do the right thing. Keep doing the right thing. And the right thing, I think, and look, it's all subjective, but in my opinion, the right thing is to, you know, encourage your child to be true to themselves because do you want your child to live their life hiding who they are, being miserable because of that? Mm-hmm. And and then carrying around all the baggage that someone who has to do that will carry with them for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, that's what I would ask any parent to ask themselves, like, do you truly care about your child's happiness? Yeah. And, and if you do, be grateful that you have a child who loves you enough and trusts you enough to tell you exactly who they are. Mm hmm. What about those kids that know that their parents aren't going to be supportive? Uh, I really hope that those kids have an outlet. I really hope that they have a great, you know, support system in their life. I hope that they have the wherewithal to reach out to, Mm -hmm. um, you know, all of the incredible organizations that are out there that are offering support Mm -hmm. within the LGBTQ community, um, you know, I, I, I just, I hope that they can surround themselves. This is a case of like your friends of the family that you choose. Yeah. And I, I also have a friend who has, you know, made a hum, huge transition in his life. And he is one of the most remarkable human beings that I have met probably ever. And I absolutely adore him and he's become family to me. And I know that he has really had to embrace the friends in his life because his family um, is not, Mm -hmm. is not embracing him for who he is. And it just, it like 
it literally shatters my heart into a million pieces. And you, you can't replace that family piece, but you sure as hell can can find, um, you know, all the right kinds of support elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and it does it does kind of turn that table. It definitely um, it makes an impact. So hopefully the kids who can't talk to their parents have other people. Yeah, they can talk to. Do you have um, support groups that you know of that you can share? Yeah, I, I do. In fact, um, you know, one of them, um, the the one that I would probably share most often mm-hmm. is because I, I have a, a very deep connection to it now is called the Trevor Project. And I don't know if if you've heard of it very much in the mainstream right now. Uh, it's been around for over 20 years and they are the... Um, largest support hotline they have a they have three different components they have um a chat line which is your typical you know lifeline you call in and there's someone on the other end of the phone they're a texting line and they also have something called trevor space that's um a social network it's the largest lgbtqia plus for for kids 20 uh, 25 and under to 13 to 25 years old can go on this um, safe chat space. So Trevor Project is the largest LGBTQ focused crisis support network in the world right now. Great. And yeah, and um, so it's it certainly is is not just for you know kids who are struggling with gender identity and and sexuality. It's it's all the things. It's it's you know someone may, may feel suicidal, someone may be homeless, someone may be mm. um, experiencing abuse, someone may be abusing substances, someone, I mean, I mean, there are so many different reasons why someone would use Trevor Project, um, mm-hmm. but it, it is an LGBTQ plus focused group. Mm-hmm. And I actually um, just got certified last week to be oh, wow. a, a crisis counselor. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank so you. They, they can call in and maybe even talk to you. They could, they, they, they could, um, they, they won't, they won't get me by my real name, but they will, That's okay. they, they can. Yeah. So yeah. if they go to, um, if you, you know, look up trevorproject.org, the trevorproject.org, um, anyone who's listening to this, uh, um, a child, a parent, anyone who's struggling, um, and maybe, you know, a parent who knows their child is struggling, call, call the Trevor project and, mm-hmm. um, or at the very least, go onto their website. They have incredible, incredible resources um, that kind of run the gamut, those, those crisis situations. So mm-hmm. that would be the number one that I would recommend. Yeah, that's, that's an amazing resource. So thank you. Sure. So what message would you like our audience to know? That's a big one. <laughs> um, I, there's so many messages. You know, I, I guess at the end of the day, I think the, it's, it's really pretty simple. And I, and I really have actually kind of already said it mm-hmm. earlier when we were talking, I, I would just say, meet your children where they are right this minute and just embrace them for who they are or who they're becoming. And we have two choices. You're either going to go with them on that journey or you're going to alienate them and they're going to go by themselves. Mm-hmm. And or you may not agree with everything they choose to do. You may not support everything that they choose to do. You may not understand everything that your kids are going to do, just like our parents didn't with us. Mm -hmm. But when we at least meet them where they are and we ask the questions and we seek the answers, 
that's when um, those lines of communication stay open. That's when, you know, the, that, that relationship can continue to grow in, in the right ways. And, you know, I, I think if you've got your child's best interest, like truly at heart, mm-hmm. then um, you're going to go anywhere they go. Yeah. Because that's what we do when we're parents and we love our kids. Yeah. It's funny because um, I had interviewed my daughter back in the day. And one ah. of the things that um, she said that really stuck with me was that, you know, for kids, they trust their parents automatically, you mm-hmm. know. There's no, that's it. They trust. They, they get in a car with them. They drive. They go. But for parents, it really takes time for them to trust them, you know? Mm-hmm. And it just really stuck with me just as you were saying that too, because it's so true. It's like we can learn from them as much as they can learn from us. Oh, and definitely. Their choices, you know, it's just another adventure. It doesn't, you know we can, we can learn on their adventure. We just might not know enough about what they're doing, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean it can't be a beautiful adventure, you know? Right. Exactly. And, and look, you know, not every single thing that our child decides is right for them or thinks is right for them, I should say, Mm -hmm. is right for them. And, and that just speaks to a whole other conversation that we could have Mm -hmm. about, um, teaching your kids to accept the consequences of their actions and to Mm -hmm. grow from them. And to, that's how we grow that resilience Mm -hmm. in ourselves is by, you know, making hard decisions sometimes, or, you know, maybe it's intimidating or it's scary, or you just, you're just not sure. And sometimes it's the greatest thing that ever happened. And sometimes it's the worst thing that ever happened. Mm -hmm. And, it's within those moments where things did not go well and, and the decision was a terrible one mm-hmm. that they need those experiences to, to teach them how to course correct and how to um, figure out another solution or, or what is right for them. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, when we are there with them, not making the choices for them, but, but we're there saying, look, we, we're going to trust you. We're going to trust you right now because at some point we have to trust our kids mm-hmm. to know what, to know what's best for them. And sometimes they will, and sometimes they won't. But when we can be there and support them when it's not the right choice, mm-hmm. that's, that's a, that's a true collaboration. That's, and that's what you, that's what we're doing here. That's mm-hmm. we're, 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 we're building a, a, a relationship and a collaboration that's going to last a lifetime where they depend on us and, and we end up depending on them too. So yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we don't make the right choices either. Right. right. It, well, that's <laughs> the thing too. And that goes, that, that speaks to, you know, all the modeling that we have to do, you know, from, from beginning all the way through their lives where we're modeling. That's why it's so important that we own the mistakes that we make as parents, whether it's like our own personal decision or it's a family decision, like we've, you know, we've got to own that stuff. We've got to say, we're sorry. We've got to make it known when we screw up so that they can see how we handle it so that they have some way to understand how they should handle things. Mm -hmm. So it's all just like one big little cyclical experience going through it with them. That's not, you just don't want to miss that. Yeah, you don't want to miss that. Mm. I think our our big takeaways today are meet our kids where they are Mm -hmm. and and the magic of listening. (laughs) Yes, 
think if you've got that, that's your foundation right there. Right there. Yeah. yeah. So what has been your favorite mom's resource that you want to share with our listeners? Wow. My favorite <laughs> mom resource. Um, well, the vomit booth has definitely been a great resource for me. Um, for anyone who's wondering what the hell that could possibly be. It's a Facebook group that I started uh, several years ago that just kind of interconnects all the content that I put out in the world. So I, I'm on the radio and I also write books and I write a column and, and I, I talk a lot about parenting and, and life. And so I put together this group that would allow people to, to come in and kind of share their experiences, kind of the highs and the lows and kind of, for lack of a better word, you know, vomit up or hurl up whatever mm -hmm. is on their mind. Like, you know, all the good stuff, all the bad stuff and scary stuff and um, share or even just a lot of people are part of the booth and they just observe. And mm -hmm. it's it actually has been an incredibly active group. There's so much great content that's come. I've got I've so many of the columns that I write so much of the content for my books has come from the booth and from the conversations that have happened in there. Um, so for me, that's been uh, a great resource. I would say any mom group or most mom groups, mm -hmm. um, you know, are absolutely great resources. Um, I'll tell you another really great group. And, and I'm not, I swear, I'm not just saying this because I write for them. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm not, but, and I'm, I'm picking a very specific age. Um, any parent listening with a child age 15 to 25 if you have not heard of or visited Grown and Flown, mm. you need you need to go there right this second. Okay. Um, yeah, you need you need to go. They um, they've been around now for for quite some time. Probably, I would say seven or eight years. I started writing for them maybe when they were in like year two or three, and they were really just emerging and exploding. And so these two moms. Um, brilliant, brilliant women, um, Lisa Heffernan and Mary Dale Harrington, they started this platform for parents with children within that age bracket. They're grown and or kind of flown, like heading toward high school and college and beyond. Mm -hmm. And they have got some of the best content for dealing with high school and, and oh, getting to high school and um, navigating high school and navigating the college process and, you know, the, the admissions process and going to college and post-college, all of that stuff. So, um, I mean, for older, you know, parents of older children, I would say go there as soon as you stop listening to this podcast. Oh, I'm I'm gonna check it out. I yeah, have kids in that age group. So yeah, it's grownandflown.com. Mm -hmm. Awesome, awesome. Mm. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for being just vulnerable and talking about your story. Um, I just I just really loved it. I loved it. I love what you stand for, and I love all that you do because you do do a lot. So go, oh, people should go check out your website no, thank <laughs> because you. you have so much great information as well on just so many topics. Oh, I appreciate that a lot. Um, you know, it's the, there's never a shortage of things to talk about when you're a mom. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Lisa shared with us such incredible insight and resources. Remember, the Trevor Project is an organization that is working hard to help those in need. Our Real Life Moms Facebook group is always here to welcome and connect parents. And don't forget, let's meet our kids where they are. And don't forget the magic of just the power of listening.